Welcome to another edition of Blast Points Presents, and in this we've got Tom Spina talking to Phil Tippett about Wampas. If you didn't get enough Tom and Wampa in our newest episode with Tom, here's even more. Yeah. If you Wampa more Wampa, this is the only way to get more Wampa. And it's it's always great just to hear Phil Tippett talking about anything. Really. He can talk about anything, and it would be interesting, and the fact that it's Wampas is even better. So here we go. Here's Tom talking to Phil Tippett about Wampas. Here we go. Good to see you, man. How are you doing today? Yeah. All good. Yeah. I started on a new stop-motion project, so going into the shop and working on that. Oh, excellent. That's fine. Yeah. I appreciate you making some time to chat Wampa today. Yeah, no problem. I think a great place to start is they showed you the footage from the UK with the costume that Freeborn's team did, uh, you know, both some interior stuff and some stuff in Norway. What did you guys think of that? Well, let's see. I think the first stuff we saw was um, they put the guy that was playing the Wampa on the these buckets that went off the ground for about like two and a half feet to make him taller. Right. And of course he couldn't walk in the snow. And that footage was hilarious because he would just plank over <laughs> face first. Oh man. And then they shot a close-up of the head. Uh and it just looked awful. I mean, it looked like something from Lost in Space. Mm. Only worse. And it was like, George, you can't let that be in your movie. And he kind of went like, why not? <laughs> it was like, wow, it looks stupid. And uh, so he said, well, oh, okay, make something better, but do it quick. <laughs> well, George has a reputation for being on the uh, frugal side. So, Well, it's his own money. Yeah, well, and on Empire, it really was, right? Well, Jedi, too. That's not a, an inconsiderable amount of change to go out of pocket to do something like this. Um, yeah. How much arm twisting did you have to do to convince him to let you make a new... Oh, there was pocket? never any you know, arm twisting. There might be, like, some reticence, you know, because, uh, you know, George just wanted to move on. But it was like... Yeah, the one of the early shots of the Tauntaun when it's running up the hill mm -hmm. in Empire. Uh, the first take I hated that I did. And I, I said I wanted to do another take. And he goes, no, that's fine. And I'm like, no, please let me do another take. And we said, okay, well, just one. Then you got to move off the stage to the next setup. So. Well, it's, it's nice that he gave you at least that opportunity to to push it a little further um, yeah I'm, I'm sure if i saw the first take i'd probably be like him and be like that was great what are you talking about but do you see the flaws in the stuff more when it's your own work well i just see crappy animation <laughs> you know i mean it takes a while to get the feel for a puppet yeah and although i've done a bunch of tests uh um you know i just hadn't I think the first shot that I did was uh, when Luke sees Han coming up to rescue him. Mm. It's kind of a shot where I, I forget exactly so what it was when the Tauntaun's ru running up. Yeah. And that was just awful. And I just like pleaded with him because something happened where the thing kind of got squashed. Oh. And um, 
it, it was it just wasn't framed properly. And George said, no, 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 it's fine. It looks like it's walking through the snow and it's, you know, up to its. And Dennis said, yeah, it looks like it's, you know, in the snow. And it's like, uh, but you couldn't see it that well, you know. Yeah. So it was, I, I lived with that. Do you find you're the, the you're anxious to, to tweak? Like, oh, you know, that, that wasn't right where it needed to be. I got to do that again. Or is it really only when you, you feel, you know, it was a swing and a miss? Yeah, generally when I, I didn't get it right. You know, I'm pretty much, you know, I would say like 90, like 99% of the time we got it right. Yeah. You know, the fir first take. That's a pretty but good the, idea. the shot that I did with the uh, the walker tripping over the logs in Jedi, that took me about six weeks Oof. to get all that stuff working. And George was really... Um, you know, um, supportive of it. And we'd go into dailies and I'd like pantomime some stuff. Of course, we're, we're locked into um, you know, the background plate. Mm -hmm. And that timing was very critical. Uh, model department built a huge miniature um, and um, designed it in such a way that when the logs get cut and start rolling down the hill, there was a series of um, nails in the ground and we were shooting at whatever it was 120 frames a second logs come down and there's the, the first leg that gets hit. Uh, there were nails up there mm -hmm. and bang, the log hits it, boom, and rolls back. Then those were pulled down and another um, set of nails was behind it. And then the the logs would bounce off and bounce back, and then those nails were, were pulled down. Right. I think there was a third nail. So I mean, the timing on, on the shot was action logs and one, two, three, like that. Yeah, you had and, to hit uh, each of those, otherwise it was going to look like those. Yeah, no, it, it was the timing was very specific, you know, because there wasn't any retiming that you could do like you can oh, do now. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, nowadays this thing would be no trouble. I, yeah. That's a really fun shot. There's a great organic feel to it. You know, it's like it's a mechanical thing, but it's got a lot of character. You know, I, I dare say almost emotion. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. I've done it a couple of times. You know, I'd use these tropes like um, when Ed 209 dies, his, his yeah, foot yeah, yeah. rattles a bit. And I stole that from the Stegosaurus uh, scene in, in King Kong, yeah. you know, the, the twitch. And so, you know, I, I would just, oh, and then, then um, for that Walker Log shot, right at the very end, he's like, whoa, and he just starts to go down and, the can and he looks at the camera. <laughs> But that's stolen from Oliver Hardy, would always, you know, pan the camera. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a great gag. I mean, it always worked. And it's like something you rarely ne ever see in a monster, you know, like a what the fuck. <laughs> Let alone in a mechanical beast, you know. Yeah. Going back to the Wampa. Uh, so you saw what they did in England. George was OK with it, but you guys thought you could do better. Well, I made it into the cut. And nobody said anything. Well, they don't know. I mean, they're not monster guys, so why right. would they? Know? Do Do you feel like you guys were in a better position with George because of you know your history working with him on the earlier ones? George is always very open and encouraged. You know, uh, ideas. You know, qualified by if you can do it quickly, go ahead. 
So now you have to build this new Wampa and you have to do it quickly. Uh, did you decide on a hand puppet right away? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, because uh, it was towards the end of the schedule when we finished a lot of our stuff and we just kind of had to slip it in. Mm-hmm. So uh, we just went out back. And at that point, the main stage hadn't been built. There was just a, a field. And Richard uh, Edlin did the cameras. And I think Joe Johnston helped grip the thing. And then I asked for Paul Hirsch to come and just put his eye on it and make sure, okay, here's what we're doing. <laughs> Because you know. he was he was editing at that point. Right? Yes, you wanted to yeah. know what you were doing was going to fit in with. Well, him. I knew I knew what to do, but I just didn't want to take any chances or see if you know he had any ideas for you know alternates or or whatever. I know we've talked about this before, but this was a no sculpt, no mold scenario. This was pure old school fabrication. Can you talk yeah. a little about that? Well, everything the size was really determined by. Uh, I had a taxidermy animal mouth. I think it was a wolf or something like that. And so that that was, I built around that. And then I, I put, you know, bigger teeth in, in the front. And the tongue was part of the, part of the uh, you know, trophy thing. And uh, built up, uh, I don't know what, we had a collection of, John Burke had a collection of glass animal eyes that I popped in and then I just built up the face really quickly it would whip up foam latex and uh you know set it off and then quickly kind of slop it on the face you know just like um like uh, shaving cream you know uh-huh. and, yeah. and then you know as it starts to solidify it's really easy to go in with a tool and create wrinkles and everything and, right. and get the texture quickly that way and then throw it in the oven and you know i built up the rest of it with uh, i think just upholstery foam and then found some white fake fur and then dressed that up with paraffin and I'll say to people at home who don't know, taxidermy teeth are not real animal teeth. They're plastic fake teeth that you would put into a taxidermy mouth. Um, But I I do like when you look at this thing, you've got the original jaw set in there and then a whole bunch of teeth around it. And it gives them a really weird look. But the thing I really like is that you broke a few of the teeth and it gives it like this layer of story and, you know, backstory or something like kind of like the horn on on Luke's Tauntaun. Is that a you thing? No, I, actually, the Tauntaun was a, a George thing. He okay. wanted that, you know, a little bit of history, make it feel like it's been there before and just didn't come out of a, you know, mold. Yeah, like fresh off the factory line Wampa. Right. Looking at that mouth, you know, on the real puppet, because it's old, you don't want to yank the mouth open and get in there. So when we were in the archives, we actually had to use an endoscope. Uh, <laughs> and and we went in inside to figure out where all the teeth are in the back. And it was an interesting experience. We had it on a rig. Let's see if I can remember properly. We had it on a rig where when you pushed it, the head went forward. So it was like the, the shoulders stay where they were. And the, the head went forward instead of just moving the whole thing like that. It's it's a really clever mech. So it's it's funny. We've gotten to examine the crap out of this thing, um, and going inside of it and seeing, you know, it's it's on a board with like literally, I think, like a door hinge. Um, yeah. 
and the door hinge pushes the whole, like if it's sideways, the door hinge pushes the body forward. But like you said, the head is on a separate pivot. So it kind of does that yeah. instead of just this, which like mm-hmm. he's not pecking at something. And it, it's, it's very, very simple, but it's super effective. And in the movie, you can kind of see that second shot. He's very hunched and then he comes forward and, you know, it's got a lot of energy to it that it wouldn't have had, had it didn't have, you know, just those two simple pivots were all it needed. You guys just shot that on a beautiful sunny day in California with green grass and no one ever noticed that for 40 years. The angle was such that we cropped the hills out, I yeah, do you believe. Didn't see it. And, um, and we shot it in the morning, which tended to be overcast, you know, because the location was overcast. It might have been a little bit of blue sky, but, you know, nobody cared about that kind of continuity as long as it wasn't like a super bright, sunny right. blue sky day. Did you try shooting indoors at all, or did you immediately go like, no, let's just take this thing outside? You know, you sent me a picture of me and Dennis and Pingrazio and maybe Tom Santamon in front of a... Um, white piece of foam core but i don't think we would uh, you know we're probably just testing it out to see if it actually worked and how it looked on film before we shot how does it feel for you all these years later to know that you know this stuff that you worked on is important enough to people that they want to put it in their homes it's kind of you know mind-boggling that it you know the whole star wars you know saga took off like it did and now there's like um grandparents you know that have you know took their kids to it and now they took their kids to it but you know it's just uh, the chess scene amazed me that it got the response it did for such a short piece and then now now you're making a wampa, you know, it was like, you know, barely two seconds of material. Right. And, and yet there, there are people that, you know, those, those pops that you gave it with that puppet, it's just, it's such a shock moment, especially the first time you're seeing the film too, you know, this is literally our first view of that creature and it's right in your face. Yeah. And you only needed that, you know, we're definitely grateful for, you know, what you did on the film, we're definitely really happy to have you be a part of this edition and to have sat down and done all those sketches so that everybody who's getting one of these that gets the legacy edition has that really unique um, little piece of history to go with it from your hand. And I, I think, uh, I think fans are going to be very, very happy to, to bring these into their collections. And um, I'll just say, as always, uh, thank you for being a part of what we do and helping us make cool stuff for folks. And, and thanks for some time today talking about this. My pleasure. Okay. All right, dude. Have a good day. Okay. See you, Tom. Bye. Bye.